0: What has this offseason taught us about the direction of the offensive line market in the NFL? What should we be keeping an eye on over the next 12 months? We're breaking that down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are locked on NFL scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Lockdown Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Lockdown Dolphins and we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league. on The Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Lockdown NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode of Lockdown NFL Scouting is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for the parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay guaranteed fit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. EBay Let's ride. Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Nation. Let's ride. eBay Motors Nation.
1: eBay Motors Nation. Yeah. Let's ride. Joe, I love it when a plan comes together, especially when you didn't intend for it to be a plan. Mm. I did a lot of offensive line free agency market research back in like May. To the tune of, I went as far back, if I go chronologically, to 2013. Okay, So we we have a substantial sample size here. And the objective was, I want to identify every contract that was signed with a player going to a new team that played on the offensive line that signed a contract that the AAV was equal to or greater than 3.5% of that year's salary cap. And I wanted to identify how successful are these contracts. And we alluded to it when we talked about wide receivers. And we talked about the trend across the league is you have more players that come into the league And they're ready to contribute immediately at the skill positions because of what the lower levels of football are doing for the youth as they are growing with the game. And the counterpoint of that is you have this scarcity of offensive linemen. Never mind that you have to have five starting caliber linemen. And ideally, you would have, what, eight to feel really good about your offensive line unit as a whole. It is with the unit where you would argue that the some of the whole is greater than the sum of the individual parts because of how cohesive that group has to play together. But nevertheless, and, and we've got a 10 year sample size on a table here that we can look at and discuss uh, what this market and success rate has done. And that's so interesting because teams need these players. So when an offensive lineman hits the free agency market, you naturally, you want to ask some questions, right? Cause it's like, Hey, you're a starting caliber player, what's under the hood that we need to figure out? What's the fine print? And I think that's always the concern with veteran offensive linemen that hit the market. Uh, But we're going to explore that here today on the show.
0: A lot of good information coming your way today, folks. Um, We'll start by considering the big contracts this offseason, and I'm sure Kyle will be able to tie in what happened throughout the I guess the last 10 years uh, is what you have basically compiled. But uh, we had Juwan Taylor, four years, 80 million. Mike McGlinchey, five years, eighty seven and a half. Orlando Brown, four years, 64. Jason Kelsey, one year, 14.2. Ben Powers got four years, 51. Caleb McGarry, three years, 34. Nate Davis, three years, 30. Andre Dillard, three years, 29. Isaac Ciamalo, three years, 24. Andrew Wiley, three years, 24. We also had some big extensions that were handed out. Of course, uh, Chris Lindstrom got a massive deal—a bag, five years, one hundred and two. Laramie Tunsil, three years at three years at twenty-five per. Shaq Mason, three years, thirty-six, and Ethan Pochick, three years, eighteen. So some good money being spent on offensive linemen this offseason. So good news is,
1: is it looks like when I did the research project versus what you just did the rundown on through the Wiley contract was all of the contracts that are three and a half percent of the cap or more with the player going to a new team,
0: which was basically I gave all of them that were North of eight million, eight million or more per season.
1: And, uh, Kel, the Kelsey McGarry deals
0: are obviously in here as
1: players that returned. Yeah. To their, their, uh, old teams as well, but technically like McGarry hit free agency before he came back. So historically speaking, um, the, the number of contracts that I had down in my research, and it was between over the cap and um, spot track combined, tried to combine those resources. It's 150 players across the previous 10 seasons. So you have a very significant sample size. And the, the information that I collected, Joe, was you know if you made a Pro Bowl, how many Pro Bowls you made with your new team, what your single-season high AV was uh, with the new contract, your single-season high PFF grade after the new contract was signed, and whether or not you were within two years of your final snap in the NFL when you put pen to paper to sign your new contract.
0: What do you want to know historically about offense? What 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 are your big takeaways from the data? Like, what are the key things that stand out to you from putting this together and seeing it? And what conclusions did you draw? So, I'm gonna read some names to you: uh, Alejandro Villanueva,
1: Eric Flowers, Brian Bulaga, Ryan Khalil, Matt Khalil, Mike Pouncy, Weston Richburg, Spencer Long, Josh Sitton. T.J. Lang, Matt Khalil, again. So you got two contracts uh, in this stretch. Luke Yokel, Menelik Watson, Orlando Franklin, and Anthony Collins. That is 15 players. So 10% of s- contracts over the last 10 years went to players who were within two years of their final snap in the NFL. So one out of every 10 contracts that was signed over that 10-year sample size, apply that to the players that we know sign new year new deals here and you have yeah statistically speaking and, and uh, odds are it's probably going to be jason kelsey right with yeah i would say what two years got. yeah it's, it's pretty safe um but some of these other other players flame out like eric flowers was young and he got 10 million per which was fi- over 5% Uh, the number of players who would go on to make a Pro Bowl after signing a new deal.
0: That was equal to 3.5% of the salary cap, right? So there's a qualifier here.
1: There's 20 players. So you have almost an equal chance of making a Pro Bowl as you do of being within two years of your final snap in the league if you're an offensive lineman that signs a sizable contract to go play with a new team. And I think so that that is the reinforcement of if you've got good ones, you're probably not letting them go. A lot of these guys are hitting the market for a reason. Some of it is cost. But some of it is not cost.
0: You you do see some good hits here, man. I'm looking at this list. Joe Tooney, Corey Lindsley, Mitch Morse, Ryan Jensen, Andrew Whitworth. I mean, there's some there's some good deals along the way here. There are some good deals along the way. Some turd deals along the way. So
1: I think you apply that knowledge to these players that signed this year's deals. Ooh. And I think you ask yourself, okay, like what is the success rate? How how can you forecast the success rate? I feel really good about Caleb McGarry because he's operating in the same system that we've known what he was, right? Yeah. You, you, there, there's less forecast and projection there. Nate Davis to Chicago. Do we feel good about that for 10 million? Do we feel good about Andre Dillard? And most consistently based off of what as I've, I've looked through the, the data, Joe, the hits are big-time investments. The misses are when you're overpaying for the middle class. And I think some of these contracts that we look at, the mm. Ben Powers, Nate Davis, I would include Mike McGlinchey in there, the, I think those are the kinds of contracts that have a threat of really not aging gracefully as we see them continue their careers in their, their new teams.
0: Very interesting. We'll obviously talk a lot more about that here in just a moment, but first this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. help. Sometimes in life we're facing tough choices and the path forward is not always clear. So whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while navigating life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk things through. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's flexible and suited to your schedule. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Okay. Well, Look, I I think that conclusion of don't overpay for the middle class is what really sticks with me from everything that we went through. And as you were going through that, I'm thinking, okay, how do we apply that to this year's where you kind of have this group of guys that are going to be very close to the end and you look at, like you mentioned, Jason Kelsey as one of those candidates. Maybe Isaac Ciamalu is one of those candidates. But then you also look at the high end, and you feel pretty good about that. You, you're going to have, what, at least one or two Pro Bowlers there. I'm sure uh, Chris Lindstrom will will probably check that box for us at least. But and at least he's have, going back to the same team. Right. So he, he, that doesn't even qualify for the the actual data. Like, who who is the Pro Bowler here that went to a new team? I, I have a hard time finding that. It, Ta- Juwan Taylor, Orlando Brown, like yeah, those I are probably – your best candidates.
1: And, and really because of the offense that they're playing with as a whole, not right.
0: so much about the individual player. Right. You could just be the pretty good left tackle for the Bengals or chiefs and like that would probably get you to the pro bowl sometimes. Right. So just, just
1: to reinforce that. If you look at contracts that fell between five and a half percent of the cap for the average salary and 4%, which is kind of, again, the middle road of these contracts that we are measuring, that's 35 players. You have four, five, excuse me, that made a pro bowl.
0: Mm.
1: And those players were Brandon Brooks home run signing for the Eagles. And that's on the upper echelon of, of this cutoff Larry Warford with the saints. Those two guys got six pro bowls between them with their new teams, but they were both over 5% of the cap. So if you go, if you cut it down to five and go, okay, what's what's the Pro Bowl success re- success rate of five percent and down? It's Luis Vasquez with the Broncos. Remember Luis Vasquez mm-hmm. with the Broncos? Yeah. He had that man. incredible single season, and like that was it. It was like one and done for or they think he had like two quality seasons. Um uh, you had Mike Pouncey. One year, one Pro Bowl with the Chargers at the tail end of his career, and he got it on name, if we're being honest, because I remember following that one closely because he had left the Dolphins. And then you had Josh Sitton, who got one with the Bears after leaving Green Bay in 2016. So, again, if you go under 5%, it's one thing to say $20 million offensive tackle, tackle, $17.5 million offensive tackle, $16 million offensive tackle. Your five percent and under club is Nate Davis, Andre Dillard, Isaac Ciamalo, and Andrew Wiley. And I don't think there's any Pro Bowl upside with those players, but they are sizable commitments, particularly Nate Davis at guard for ten million dollars and Andre Dillard, who's been a career swing tackle.
0: Yeah, I think you're hopeful with both of those person. guys that there's some ceiling for them to to develop sure. into, but it's a projection. Sure. So that,
1: that's the risk of getting into the open market to build your offensive line is you don't usually find value. And even the guys at the top of the charts, I mean, it's it's an almost 9% investment in your cap to sign a player. And the Chiefs, to their credit, they signed Joe Thune and Juwan Taylor. Those are the yeah. two biggest cap commitments in free agency over the last 10 years, 11 years. The Chiefs have done them both in the last three really? years. yeah
0: say that out loud again
1: the Kansas City Chiefs over the last 11 years have committed the two largest percentage of cap free agent contracts for a player
0: going to a new team in free agency on the open market that's significant and you combine that with total steals in the draft and Creed Humphrey and Trey and Smith and and got them at incredible values because Creed was second round pick he- Played
1: at Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I don't have there, an answer. There was 0% for you there. reason for Creed Humphrey to fall into the 60s. Had everything
0: it. size, athleticism, wrestling background, good tape,
1: not. young. Like I, I couldn't, can't figure it out to say. And my then life. Trey Smith, obviously, five star player who fell because of medical questions.
0: Significant. And played, and played guard. Yeah. So when we look ahead to some of these notable expiring contracts for 2023, it's an interesting group. Um, I think it's headlined by a couple of Miami Dolphins in Robert Hunt and Connor Williams, assuming they're both still expiring after the end of the season. You got Jonah Williams in that situation. The Bengals, Caesar Ruiz, a former first-round pick. Jermaine Lumineur, who's kind of finding himself, took a little time. Terrence Steele, Kevin Zeitler, Evan Brown. It's not that robust of a list. I mean, there's certainly a bunch Terrence of – functional. Steele. Yeah, Terrence Steele, Trent Brown. Cesar Ruiz. I mean, Jason Kelsey signed a one-year deal. I think he'll either retire or keep signing those with, with uh, with the Eagles. Josh Nijman, who's been this very important swing tackle for the Packers, does somebody pay him to be a starter? You could see it happening, right? Trying to trying to think of who else is like the. Andrews Pete. I'm sure the Saints could not be more happy about his deal finally being up. Right, man. That, I mean,
1: <laughs> and that one kind of raised some eyebrows when it. Yeah, what was that? First came through. What about a guy, What about a guy like Kevin Dotson? It's a good name. Yeah. Younger player. I mean, he's 28. He's not young, but he's kind of Pittsburgh has made a conscious effort to upgrade their offensive line. But like, he has been a starting caliber player. Yeah. Oh, you know, and that's a guard spot that. Like, if you're coming in with these contracts, can can he do what Trey Turner's done and kind of convert these one-year contracts annually and, like, go be a starter for somebody? Like, I absolutely think so.
0: Um, Andre James is going to have a big opportunity this year with the Raiders. Yes. He's going to hit the market. And if, if he doesn't sign, then I
1: would love to see Kevin Dotson go sign with the Raiders.
0: Phil <laughs> <laughs> Haynes. Seattle, he'll be a starter for them. Titus Howard's going to hit the, the market, the, or, well, scheduled to? You mentioned you, right? No, I didn't see that one.
1: Michael and really? so that's Really? Is Robert he a regular
0: Hunt. unrestricted free agent?
1: Yeah. Wow. He was on their original, like, he was a six-round pick, and he made the roster and started. This is year four. Oh, wow. that's, that's spicy. That'll be a big one. Well, the, the bad news is that, for everybody else, the Pats have a ton of cap space right? Like they'll get him locked in. No problem. It should. I'd the rather one have one him. For, I'd, I would rather have Michael and for 13 per for, per, for 13 per than Ben powers.
0: Oh, there's no question. Those guys so are the, the same caliber.
1: So the question is what, how much can, and you leverage the powers deal and how much more could he get to prevent for the Patriots to prevent getting him to, to free
0: agency? I think that powers deal is going to matter for a lot of guys, right? Like proper hunt as well. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like fascinated. to have that. Contract.
1: And look, Connor Williams had out, held out of uh mini camp. He's, he's reporting to training camp. He might hold in, but so he's mm-hmm. not holding out of training camp, but like there, there's a world where he played center and was one of the better centers in football last year. Like he, he would, he has a legitimate argument to claim, he deserves top five center money on the market, which is about $11 million per season.
0: And Cesar Ruiz is very young. That's something that's also standing out to me whenever I'm looking at this, like he's going to 24 years years old old. right now, right? Well, he don't, he just turned 24. Yeah. he's 25 year old free agent. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: What about um, Ezra Cleveland? Did you mention Ezra Cleveland too? That's another younger player.
0: He's a fascinating one because we've seen the Vikings be very into the guys that this regime has brought in, and that wouldn't be one of them. But he Todd feels Beattis? like... A... We'll see.
1: We'll, we'll talk about all these guys, and what's going to happen is 90% of them are going to resign with the team that they're
0: on. Because they should. A lot right. of them should. They,
1: the, the exciting players that are scheduled to hit free agency that are entering into a contract two or potentially contract three, they'll get locked in. I think the question and the challenge that you, that we have to identify is who do we think the players are who don't get into those buckets and why, who are the players that fall through the cracks and don't get resigned and why happens all the time. Right. And it's a super high risk because the, the implications of, of, having an offensive line that falls apart are monumental. They, they, they kill you offensively, which obviously everybody knows, even if we don't want to give offensive linemen their flowers as frequently as we should. I think is, is that a good segue to predictions? Yeah. Are you, are your predictions in pertaining to people who get contracts or people who are with new teams? Uh,
0: Neither. (sighs) Board. Both, right. well, I try. Come back. We'll <laughs> need a quick break, and uh, we'll give you right. our predictions here in just a moment.
1: Man thought he had the perfect segue lined
0: up, and turns out, <laughs> Joe Joe zigged when I thought he'd zag. <laughs> Can I? I want to bring up a little something else here as well before we get to okay. these predictions. These fifth-year options, Kyle, these are going to be slam dunks. Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, yes. Christian yes. derisaw Elijah Vera Tucker. Yes. Oh, Elijah Vera Tucker. That's the most questionable. If he's healthy and plays like he can, that's going to be an easy yes, right? All I know
1: is I I distinctly remember somebody being upset by that decision to draft that player.
0: I mean, I remember that too. (laughs) I really do. It's one of my favorite debates we've ever had. I'm, I'm not wrong about that debate.
1: I'm not wrong about that debate. Didn't they give up like a third round pick to go up and get him?
0: They gave up some stuff. They gave He's up some comfortably stuff. their best yeah. offensive, but like right Kyle in a vacuum, bringing up that debate there. doesn't make sense. Like there's so much context necessary <laughs> to, to really appreciate that debate.
1: Right. Yeah. Go, go on YouTube and search for the 2021 draft coverage that we had in the middle of the first round. They got picked what 14th was when they came up and got him pretty high. It's pretty high. And you and I were at each other's throats for like 20 minutes
0: over it. Which I don't, I don't understand why you took the position that you did. And maybe, maybe you still don't know the answer to that because, but.
1: because three years later, Elijah Vera Tucker is comfortably the best offensive lineman on the Jets, and he can play all five spots. That's why
0: we don't got the, do this, the, the right? debate. wasn't with you. The debate wasn't with you. It wasn't with you.
1: Uh, okay, so we uh, have we have it's bold prediction time. Maybe yeah. not bold prediction, but prediction time.
0: I don't know. Last time you were pretty bold, so that encouraged me to do some bold Good. things here. Step out I on have, a limb. Live a little bit. I have at least one. Let's bold your Good. I don't have hair <laughs> let down. but uh, All right. My first prediction here is that we will have a new highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL in terms of AAV. Someone tops Tunsil at 25.
1: Tunsil's 25?
0: Yep. And I think what it could be is one of these fifth-year option guys. Sewell, Slater, Derisaw. Go ahead and get them. One of them oh. locked up. That's going to be a very fun, like, you know, the finger pointing office meme. I know that you don't like yeah. the office, but that, yeah. that's going to be. Um, great... do you just spill your drink? Uh, I did, but the top was on. So we're, we're okay. <laughs> Third time I've spilled it this week. I don't think I've ever spilled it previously. Three times. My,
1: my question pertaining to your prediction is that's new, new dollars, right? Because obviously if it's a fifth year option guy,
0: yeah, no, they it's a new contract. Their, they
1: will have their fourth year slash their fifth year yeah. option potentially. That could potentially drag that number down.
0: New money. Yep.
1: New money. Okay. Okay. I, I don't think that's perfectly reasonable. Um, my first prediction. I should stay away from the because I talk I, t- I talk myself into let's do and Wayne you as a prediction for dollars. You know what? Let's do that. What is, uh, so I'm making this one up off the cuff as we go. Oh, okay. What are the highest paid guards in football? You have Lindstrom, Quentin Nelson. Those are 20 and a half and 20. Then you have Elton Jenkins at 17, Brandon Scherf at 16 and a half, Joel Batonio at 16, Joe Dooney at 16, Wyatt Teller at 14 too. One, two, three, four, five, six. Michael and Wayne, you will be a top eight paid guard at this time next year for the New England Patriots.
0: Okay, so I, I think that's probably true. My concern here is just like it feels like they've been wishy-washy with and Wayne, you or like, remember, he just didn't start two years ago. Yeah, I don't know so why. For what? Why? For what? He's with had weird good, injuries. With, with how good he was as a, as a rookie, too. He was their utility blocker? They're weird, man. They
1: are, they're a very weird team. If there's any common sense, the Patriots are, what, number two in the league in cap space projected for next year right now? Number one. They have $107 million in cap
0: space. Spend your money and keep your players. Well, here, so here's the the challenge for New England, is both of their tackles are expiring contracts. And is an expiring contract. Both their tackles are expiring contracts. Yes, Reef and... Brown I well Trent Brown, no, you, Trent Brown I you don't care back. about those players but they need players to be though, in those spots and they're right they, you know, they're gonna on. all these offensive linemen that we were talking about are probably going to be targets of the Patriots I'm sure well
1: and I guess what what is really fascinating is you consider what the Patriots did with their draft this year maybe that's the biggest cold water we could possibly throw in this prediction what they spend three draft picks on this year
0: Guards. Your offensive linemen. Trade away Logan Makins, man. Remember this?
1: It was uh Moffy, Jake Andrews, and City Sal.
0: Do do you play the uh the pro football reference grid game? I have dabbled with immaculate right. grid. Yeah. So you've seen you've at least seen it, right? It, yes. That's all that's all I need to know. So the one of the recent ones was finding a Patriots and Buccaneers player, right? The first one that came to mind for me was Logan Mankins. And I really do try to get the like the rarest answers that I can. Because anybody could put Tom Brady or like Roderick Davis or something. Sure. Yeah. One percent picked Logan Mankins. Really? One percent. I was like, this isn't that rare. This is a really good player, but no, one percent.
1: Everybody just took the low-hanging fruit. That's the challenge, right? Is it's it's very infrequently, is it, man, who's a player who there's sometimes the where
0: i I just have a complete, like I can't come up with a player and and they know what they're doing. They pick teams like Seattle. They pick Pittsburgh and green Bay. Those teams, not a lot of moving around. You know what I mean? Who was the one that gave me?
1: Minnesota the other day was one that like, I had a really hard time with a couple of the Minnesota ones. <laughs> it's fun though. It's a, uh, it's one of my new uh, favorite bedtime routines. So. so now I'm worried that I've talked myself out of the you prediction, but I'm going to, Michael and Wayne, you will be a top eight guard pay, top eight paid guard by somebody.
0: How's that? <laughs> All right. Um, okay. My second one is uh, keep it in the AFC East. We'll keep it uh, with one of our two teams. We'll go to your team, the Miami Dolphins. I think both of these Miami Dolphins, Connor Williams and Robert Hunt, get deals that pay them north of $10 million AAB. Mm. Both. The
1: hunt, the Hunt one's the fascinating. I think Connor Williams is a lock. And I was, brother, if
0: Nate Davis is getting 10,
1: I understand that. But then, then every once in a while, you'll get another contract. That's like, man, how does that work?
0: Lake and Tom Winston got 13.
1: I understand. And I think Robert Hunt's a better player. I just want to look chronologically for a couple of examples to to back my research. You're opinion.
0: going to say Austin Corbett. You could bring up Isaac Ciamalu, Alex Kappa. Sure. I think Robert Hunt's better than those players. That's why good. I'm glad you find a little bit of resistance because that means I was somewhat pulled. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how so many $10 million a year centers are out there that, I mean, that's pretty spicy too. For
1: Connor Williams. Yeah,
0: how many are there? I'm looking it's, right now.
1: It's rag now.
0: Oh, there's seven of them.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, but eleven. If you went eleven, it would put him what six?
0: Put him six. Yeah, above Whitehair and below McCoy.
1: And if, I keep forgetting Eric McCoy's in that stratosphere, but he's he deserves. He's a good player. Yeah. Um. Okay. My question for you is
0: which one of them is back with the Dolphins? And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. One of them is. You keep one, right? That's got to be the plan. Yeah.
1: I think there's a group of four players with Miami where you're hoping to get three. You might get two. And it's Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, Christian Wilkins, Zach Seeler. What combination of that can you get the most back for what dollars? Do you ask yourself, is the
0: question replaceability? Is that what you really have to ask yourself? Probably. Because they're all going to be good, expensive players.
1: Right. I I don't don't think a single player signs a a deal now that, I mean, those are all 10 plus million dollar year players.
0: Yes. In my opinion. Yeah.
1: So. I I don't think Connor Williams is easily replaceable. He's responsible for a lot of line protections or or a lot lot of line calls, and he helps call protections for that offense. So I I think Connor Williams is going to get the bag. All right, my last one, my last bold prediction. I guess I should make one about a tackle here, right? I accidentally, de- full disclosure, accidentally deleted where I had my my notes put in here. Oh, it's it's with Jonah Williams. So I think Jonah Williams signs for less than ten million dollars per season, which is what he's get approximately what he's getting this year. I think the Jonah Williams market will go down.
0: So you think his highest earning season is going to be this year on the fifth year option? Yes, I do. Man, that'd be disappointing for him, wouldn't it? It
1: would be, especially because that was kind of the the whole, I want to play left tackle, maximize my value. Now he's. it sounds like he's going to play right tackle for the Bengals after all
0: of that fuss that was made. Yeah, he tried. A lot of these guys tried, man. Buda Baker. Right. right. <laughs> Kevin Byard. Saquon Barkley. Right, like, what are you doing? They're not winning. They're not winning. Um, We'll see what happens with Chris Jones if he gets his 31 or whatever he wants. I'd- I think he will. You think so?
1: Yeah, they have they have the future spending.
0: They have the money money to do it, but it's like there's yeah. a lot of. you are gonna pay him more than AD. I thought just paying in between uh, Quinn and AD would be sufficient.
1: Bring him up to thirty. I think he'll. I think he'll get something done. I don't know that he'll get the exact dollars that he wants, but get bring him to thirty. I think so he gets that.
0: Let's go back to this, John, Jonah Williams. I know we're way over time. No McGlinchy McGlinchy got seventeen and a half. Jawan mm-hmm. Taylor got twenty. Yeah. Are we, are we sure Jonah Williams is not like somewhat near that? Let me, let me ask here? you. Oh, okay. And where? Gary got eleven and a half.
1: Where on that spectrum do you put Andrew Wiley?
0: Who got eight Andrew Wiley? Four.
1: Andrew Wiley got three for twenty four.
0: Yeah. I think it's an aggressive take, and I like it. I like it. Jonah's
1: got durability questions that have dogged him. He played with injuries last year. I don't think you're. I don't think you're going to get the five year contract.
0: No, I don't
1: think so. You know, so like you're talking a three year deal, and I think it will be. We'll give you fully guaranteed. Put a lot of it up front.
0: Does he get like the Eric Fisher deals after he left Kansas city? And I know that Fisher was hurt right when he first left, but okay, he's he so like F- one year, Fischer 10 million Fisher in
1: 2021 signed with the Colts for
0: eight, four, 3.8. Hmm.
1: Okay. Riley reef signed in Cincinnati. Seven and a half. That was a while ago though. That was 2021. Yeah. It feels like a long time. It's not George Fant. Maybe George Fant's a good case study. You could be hopeful there. He got 10.
0: No, I think it's, I think it's a, you provoked a lot of thought and with your prediction. I think it's a great prediction. Brian Bulaga in 2020 got 10.
1: I keep going. We'll, we'll, we'll see. All. We'll
0: have to, we'll have to document these and revisit them.
1: We'll write them all down.
0: Yeah. We'll have to get maybe our next year to do we do this. Yeah. We're right. we're right on it.
1: That's going to do it for us today on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed this discussion around the offensive line uh, market, its trends, kind of some of the trends of the past, what that tells us about the future. We hope that you come back and see us again soon. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you to your favorite podcast. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We are out of here. Peace.